like using the word blessed more often than I do now. And I used to think, and friends affirmed this, that I was not supposed to use the word lucky if I was talking about anything spiritual. I've since changed my mind about that a little bit. And the reason I say it out loud is I've been very lucky in friendship. And part of it's not at all luck because I've been very interested and invested in friendship, but I also am not sure I knew how to do it early on in life. And yet I have friends, one from the third grade, one distantly even further than that, but ones that I keep in touch with from later and later, and I am so thankful for them. Do you have friends that can confront you on something and it doesn't sting? If you do, know that that is worth in continuing to invest in because it is a gift and you will flourish as a human being in part because of that community. If you don't, I want you to try to imagine someone that you know is so for you in a peer way, not a condescending way, that they could conflict with you, that they could call you out on something and it wouldn't sting. A number of years ago, I was uh, very anxious about a couple of things and was acting pretty childish. And one of my very, very good friends said, at what point are you going to admit that you're acting like a child? And it actually calmed me down when he said it. Not only because I knew it was right, but because I know he's for me. We have so many priorities that are forced on us by the world. And oftentimes I'm afraid that church sounds like another one of them when we talk about the importance of corporate and individual allegiance to Jesus, which is worship. When we talk about the importance of spiritual friendship and community for our flourishing, when we talk about being faithfully present to all the neighbors in our area. That's our vision statement as a church. And yet, these things are true. The scriptures are authoritative and accurate. Historically, evidentially, and existentially, they tell us what it means to be human, although existentialism involves dread, and there is no dread. Dread is replaced by awe of who God is and that he would pursue us in love so steadfastly. And so we must make time for friendship, which sounds like making time for a vacation, doesn't it? And yet we don't do it, and yet we don't know how to do it, and yet we're nervous about it, and we're nervous for good reasons. There is risk in letting ourselves be known and in pressing into someone else's story. Perhaps the flip side is even more challenging, to imagine conflicting with a friend, calling them out on something, and it not being terrifying. To decide, okay, I'm going to go ahead and lean into this a little bit. A number of years ago, I heard a good leadership talk on blind spots. And what he said, and this was easy for me to do, though hard to hear, was go ask your closest friends about your blind spots. And so I asked the man who was best man in my wedding and vice versa. And he said, um, when you tell me how you're doing, you're honest, but you make it sound like you need less help than you actually need. And I was blown away by that. Then I asked my daughter, who at the time was eight, and I said, I, I explained to her a blind spot, and she said, when you sigh, I sense that you disapprove of me. And I asked my wife separately, and they did not have the chance to collude because they were in different parts of the house, or one of them was gone at the time. I said to her, I explained the, the speaker's definition of blind spots, and I asked her the same thing, and she said the exact same thing as my daughter. So... I haven't been able to stop sighing, but I have been able to convince my children 
and my wife to ask me why I'm sighing. 90% of the time, it's church things. <laughs> so I think we got a little closer as friends in that way. And the, and the reason I bring up the blind spot story is you have friends in your life and you have an opportunity to move a little bit closer to them. And that will free you as a human because you desperately need community to flourish. So I hope you can imagine both being spoken to directly and speaking to another directly without it stinging. And if you have that relationship, I hope that you lean into it. And if you don't have it, I hope that you find some incremental steps towards it. Not because any of these things are the gospel. The gospel is love, that God loves us. And because of the work of Christ, we're reconciled to him. But the gospel frees us into these friendships that are life-giving and that God created for our flourishing.